Ain't I a Woman? was the title of a speech given by the American abolitionist and women's rights activist Sojourner Truth at a women's rights convention in 1851. Not only did Truth fight on behalf of women, but she also fought for the rights of African Americans. In her biography, Nell Irvin Painter wrote, At a time when most Americans thought of slaves as male and women as white, Truth embodied a fact that still bears repeating, Among the blacks are women, among the women, there are blacks. Truth was born into slavery but managed to escape, after which she set about improving lives for black people. Her determination won her a place in the 100 most significant Americans of all time listed by the Smithsonian Magazine in 2014. Born Isabella Bell Baumfrey in 1797 on a slave trader's estate at Swartikill, New York, Sojourner Truth was one of a dozen children born to James and Elizabeth Baumfrey. Her parents belonged to Charles Hardenberg, thus Truth and her siblings automatically became slaves at birth. When Hardenberg died in 1806, Truth, known then as Bell, was sold to another slave owner, John Neely from Kingston, New York. As a young child, Truth only spoke Dutch, but John Neely required his slaves to speak English. Neely was a cruel master and beat Truth and the other slaves daily. It was a welcome release when Neely sold her in 1808 to Martina Shriver, a tavern owner in Port Ewan. Eighteen months later, Shriver sold Truth to the abusive John Dumont, who repeatedly raped her and made her life very difficult. As a result, Truth gave birth to two children, James, who died in infancy, and Diana, 1815. While working in the fields belonging to Dumont, Truth met a slave called Robert, who belonged to the owner of the neighboring land. Robert's master, the landscape artist Charles Catton the Younger, 1756-1819, forbade his slaves from having relationships with people belonging to other traders. Nonetheless, determined to be together, Robert sneaked over to visit Truth. Unfortunately, Catton discovered this and beat Robert to within an inch of his life. Truth never saw Robert again. Later, she met a man named Thomas, a slave belonging to her master. They married and had three children, Peter, 1821, Elizabeth, 1825, and Sophia, 1826. As well as picking cotton in the fields, Truth spent hours spinning wool and damaged her hand as a result. Dumont had promised to release Truth from slavery in 1826 so long as she would do well and be faithful, but he claimed her injury prevented her from being productive. Angry about this treatment, Truth plotted her escape and, taking her newborn daughter Sophia with her, walked away from the estate and never looked back. Truth knew that the emancipation of slaves would begin the following year and, so long as she was not caught, she would soon be a free woman. Unfortunately, her older children needed to work until they reached their twenties before being emancipated. She feared if they were caught escaping, the children would be beaten or killed, so she left them behind. Truth walked ten miles while carrying her daughter before she found someone willing to help her. Isaac and Maria Van Wagenen, a white couple from New Paltz, offered Truth and the baby a place to stay. Learning of her predicament, Isaac insisted on employing her until the state's emancipation took effect. Whilst this made Truth a Van Wagenen's slave, she and Sophia were safe. Grateful for the protection, Truth became a devout Christian. After living with the Van Wagenens for some time, Truth learned that Dumont had illegally sold her eldest son Peter to a slave owner in Alabama. With the Van Wagenen's help, Truth took the traders to court where, after a lengthy battle, seven-year-old Peter was returned to his mother. Never before had a black woman gone to court against a white man and won. In 1829, Truth moved to New York City with Peter and Sophia, 
where she found work as a housekeeper for a Christian evangelist, Elijah Pearson, 1786-1834. Her boss often preached about God's powers and, after his wife died in 1830, attempted to raise her from the dead. Despite failing to resurrect his wife, Pearson began referring to himself as Elijah the Tishbite, believing he was the biblical prophet and a miracle worker reborn. Through Pearson, Truth met and worked as the housekeeper for Robert Matthews, 1788-1841, known as the prophet Matthias. Matthews believed he was the resurrected Matthias from the New Testament who replaced the Apostle Judas in the Acts of the Apostles. While working for Matthews, Pearson died from poisoning. Both Matthews and Truth were arrested but later acquitted of the murder. Truth's life took a turning point in the 1840s, beginning with the possible death of her son. Peter worked on a whaling ship called the Zone of Nantucket. When the ship returned to port in 1842, Peter was not on board. She never heard from him again. In 1843, Truth joined the Methodist Church and officially changed her name to Sojourner Truth. She claimed on Pentecost Sunday that God spoke to her, asking her to speak the truth. She told her friends, The Spirit calls me, and I must go, and packed a pillowcase of her meager belongings and headed north. While traveling through New York, Truth joined Millerite Adventist groups who followed the teachings of Baptist minister William Miller, 1782-1849. Miller strongly believed Jesus would reappear before the end of 1843. He studied the Bible carefully and based his calculations on verse 14 of the 8th chapter of Daniel, which said, Unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Miller assumed this cleansing referred to the events written about in the book of Revelation. Sojourner Truth and many other Millerites latched onto this belief, yet when Jesus failed to return as Miller had predicted, Truth and thousands of other members left feeling disillusioned. In 1844, Truth traveled to Massachusetts, where she joined the Northampton Association of Education and Industry. The organization supported women's rights and religious freedom, which appealed to truth. Most importantly, it was set up by a group of abolitionists. The organization set up a commune looking after livestock and ran a sawmill and a silk factory. While living there, Truth helped in the laundry department and met several people who had also grown up in slavery, most notably the abolitionist Frederick Douglass, 1795. She also befriended the abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison, 1805-79. With their encouragement, Truth gave her first anti-slavery speech. The Northampton Association of Education and Industry disbanded in 1846, and Truth found work as a housekeeper for George Benson, 1808-79, the brother-in-law of William Lloyd Garrison. Around this time, she began writing her memoirs, which Garrison published in 1850 with the title The Narrative of Sojourner Truth a northern slave. The book offers a glimpse into the world of slavery in northern states of America, which, unlike the southern states, remains largely undocumented. Truth recounted her separation from her family in the years spent traveling as a preacher. She also described her aims to counsel former slaves and end the struggles for racial and sexual equality. Following the publication of her book, Sojourner Truth purchased her first home for $300 in Florence, Massachusetts. Growing in fame for her preaching talents, Truth was invited to speak at the first National Women's Rights Convention later that year. The meeting aimed to secure for woman political, legal, and social equality with man until her proper sphere is determined by what alone should determine it, her powers and capacities, strengthened and refined by an education in accordance with her nature. The convention was attended by over 900 women and men, 
both white and black. Truth's friends, Douglas and Garrison, spoke on behalf of women, as did several other abolitionists and suffragists. News of the National Women's Rights Convention reached the United Kingdom and inspired British women to petition for women's suffrage and present it to the House of Lords. In 1851, female philosopher Harriet Taylor Mill, 1807-58, the wife of John Stuart Mill, 1806-73, wrote The Enfranchisement of Women. Later that year, Harriet Martineau, the first female sociologist, wrote to the organizers of the convention, saying, I hope you are aware of the interest excited in this country by that convention, the strongest proof of which is the appearance of an article on the subject in the Westminster Review, I am not without hope that this article will materially strengthen your hands, and I am sure it cannot but cheer your hearts. In May 1851, Sojourner Truth attended the Ohio Women's Rights Convention in Akron, Ohio, organized by Hannah Tracy, 1815-96 and Frances Dana Barker Gage, 1808-84. While there, Truth realized that many feminists and suffragists fought for the rights of white women and did not take into account the difficulties black people faced. This prompted Truth to stand up and give her most famous speech, now known as Ain't I a Woman? Since the oration was unplanned, Truth did not have any written notes about the matter, and historians rely on accounts and transcripts by those in attendance, which contain many differences. Yet, they all agree that Truth demanded equal human rights for all women, both white and black. She spoke about her life as a former enslaved woman and combined her call for women's rights with abolitionism. The term ain't I a woman stems from the phrase am I not a man and a brother? Which British abolitionists coined during the 18th century? In the early 19th century, feminist abolitionists rewrote the phrase to read, am I not a woman and a sister? It is likely truth came across this saying in the American abolitionist newspaper Genius of Universal Emancipation where it was printed alongside an image of a female slave. Alternatively, Truth may have heard speeches given by the African-American campaigner Maria W. Stewart, 1803-79, who frequently used the term. Truth's speech inspired many people, and both the New York Tribune and the Liberator provided the general gist of Truth's words a few days later. One attendee, Rev. Marius Robinson, printed a transcript of the speech in the Anti-Slavery Bugle, but it did not feature the phrase Ain't I a Woman? Twelve years after the event, Frances Dana Barker Gage printed another version of the transcript, which she likely embellished with ideas of her own. Gage frequently repeated the phrase, which in turn became the name of the speech. Gage also made Truth sound like a southern slave, but Truth was born in New York and spoke Dutch for much of her childhood, so she never picked up southern nuances. Robinson quoted Truth as saying, I have as much muscle as any man, and can do as much work as any man. I have plowed and reaped and husked and chopped and mowed, and can any man do more than that? Gage, on the other hand, wrote, an anti I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arm. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns, and no man could head me. And anti I a woman? I could work as much and eat as much as a man, when I could get it, and bear to lash as well. And anti I a woman? I have borne thirteen children and seen them most all sold off to slavery, and when I cried out with my mother's grief, none but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? Not only did Gage indicate a dialect that Truth did not use, but she also claimed Truth had thirteen children, whereas official records suggest she only had five. Nonetheless, the speech is celebrated and often quoted as an example of black feminism. Over the following ten years, Truth continued to speak at meetings of feminists and abolitionists. 
She frequently referred to biblical characters, particularly Esther, to emphasize why women deserve the same rights as men. Truth used her experiences to demonstrate the unfair treatment of both women and slaves. When black women like Truth spoke of rights, they mixed their ideas with challenges to slavery and racism. Truth told her own stories, ones that suggested that a women's movement might take another direction, one that championed the broad interests of all humanity. Martha Jones, 2020. In 1864, Truth started working for the National Freedmen's Relief Association in Washington, D.C. She worked tirelessly to improve conditions for African Americans and, later that year, she was honored to meet President Abraham Lincoln, 1809-65, who shared her aims to end slavery. Lincoln had issued the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing all slaves the previous year. He also passed the 13th Amendment in the Constitution that prohibited slavery or any involuntary servitude in the United States. Yet, many slave owners refused to obey these new laws and those who were freed found it difficult to integrate into society. During the American Civil War, 1861-65, Truth helped recruit black troops for the Union Army. She is credited with writing a song for the 1st Michigan Colored Regiment called The Valiant Soldiers. Written to the tune of John Brown's body, the song begins. We are the valiant soldiers who've listed for the war. We are fighting for the Union, we are fighting for the law. We can shoot a rebel farther than a white man ever saw. As we go marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah, as we go marching on. In 1867, Truth gave a speech at an American Equal Rights Association meeting, where she received a warm reception. She spoke about the rights of black women, saying that the push for equal rights had led to black men winning new rights, and it was only fair that women received them too. She insisted, we should keep things going while things are stirring, fearing that it would take people longer to consider women's rights if left. Truth focused on the lack of voting rights, pointing out that she owned a house and paid taxes just like men. She ended the speech by saying, man is so selfish that he has got women's rights and his own too, and yet he won't give women their rights. He keeps them all to himself. On New Year's Day in 1871, Sojourner Truth spoke at the 8th anniversary of Negro freedom. She talked about her own life, particularly her early years when she often questioned God why he had not given her good masters. She admitted to hating white people, but after escaping from slavery, Truth said she met her final master, Jesus Christ, who taught her to love everyone. She regularly prayed for the emancipation of slaves and felt it her duty to help out as much as she could. Truth felt her prayers were answered with the abolition of slavery but acknowledged the southern states had far to go before they became safe areas for people of color. Later that year, Truth spoke at the second annual convention of the American Woman Suffrage Association, arguing that women deserved the right to vote for the benefit of the whole creation, not only the women, but all the men on the face of the earth, for they were the mother of them. In her later years, Sojourner Truth was cared for by her daughters, Elizabeth and Sophia. She had at least two grandchildren, James and Sammy, who lived with her in Michigan during the 1860s. In 1867, Truth moved to Battle Creek, Michigan, where she lived for the rest of her life. In 1883, a reporter interviewed Truth for the Grand Rapids Eagle, noting that her face was drawn and emaciated and she was apparently suffering great pain. Her eyes were very bright and mind alert although it was difficult for her to talk. Sojourner Truth passed away a few days later, in the early hours of 26 November 1883, at age 86.
Her funeral took place three days after her death at the Congregational Presbyterian Church, which almost 1,000 people attended. Frederick Douglass provided a eulogy, noting all her hard work and achievements. Venerable for age, distinguished for insight into human nature, remarkable for independence and courageous self-assertion, devoted to the welfare of her race, she has been for the last 40 years an object of respect and admiration to social reformers everywhere. Since her death, many memorials and statues have been erected in memory of Sojourner Truth across the United States. Near her home in Battle Creek, a stone memorial was placed in Memorial Park in 1935. To mark the centenary of her birth, a 12-foot-tall bronze statue of Sojourner Truth was also added to the park. In Ohio, a stone marks the spot where Truth gave her Ain't I a Woman? speech. There are also sculptures in California and Massachusetts that celebrate the former slave. New York State contains the most memorials to Sojourner Truth. A life-size terracotta statue at the Women's Rights National Historical Park Visitors Center celebrates the 150th anniversary of the Seneca Falls Women's Rights Convention, and a bronze statue of Sojourner Truth as an 11-year-old girl stands in Port Ewan, where she worked as a slave. The most recent Statue of Truth was erected in Central Park in 2020 to mark Women's Equality Day. Known as the Women's Rights Pioneers Monument, the sculpture depicts Truth alongside Susan B. Anthony, 1820-1906, and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, 1815-1902, who were pioneers in the battle for women's rights. Since 2009, a bust of Sojourner Truth sits in the Emancipation Hall in the Capitol Visitor Center. Truth was the first African-American woman to be put on display in the Capitol. Designed by Black Canadian sculptor Artis Lane, born 1927, the statue depicts Truth wearing her signature cap and shawl. Several schools and libraries are named after Sojourner Truth, such as the Sojourner Truth Library at the New Paltz State University of New York. In 1969, a political group called the Sojourner Truth Organization was established to represent the left-wing Black people of America. The 1997 NASA Mars Pathfinder was named Sojourner in her honor, as was the asteroid 249,521 Truth in 2014. On 4 February 1986, the U.S. Postal Service issued a commemorative, 22-cent postage stamp featuring Sojourner Truth as part of their Black heritage. She has also been honored with a Google Doodle and features on the lists of the top 100 Americans in history. Sojourner Truth did not have an easy childhood. She grew up hating white people, but through her strong Christian faith, she learned to love everyone equally. Truth witnessed the injustices of the world firsthand, both by being an African-American and by being a woman. She believed that just as Jesus loves every one of us, all humans, no matter their color or gender, should receive the same rights. While campaigning for the end of slavery and equal rights for black people, Truth also wanted women, including white women, to live on the same terms as men. Some civil rights activists caused trouble by implying black lives mattered more than white, but Sojourner Truth made it clear that all lives mattered. Despite everything she went through, Truth wanted everyone to live in harmony. If only there were more people like Sojourner Truth in the world today. Dash. My blogs are now available to listen to as podcasts on the following platforms, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. If you would like to support my blog, become a Patreon from pound 5 slash M or buy me a coffee for three pounds. Thank you.